This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Chris Canty giving you a pass earlier today when Canty and Carlin were filling in on Greeny that you do not deserve, Joe, because it is not a classy move to text somebody and say you're being classy. That's not how being classy works. That's exactly how it works. The first rule of class, and I hope you're listening, Carlin, is to tell people you have class. And I let Canty know that despite picking against his Cavaliers on the morning show yesterday morning in his face, that I had the class to let him know via text that I would not be talking trash. I would not be rubbing it in. I don't know why it's so hard for everyone to understand this. Because if you text somebody and you say, I'm not talking trash, then in effect, you are talking trash. It's exactly and precisely what you, in fact, are doing. What world do you live in where a very clear statement that is unambiguous (laughs) is misconstrued so greatly? I called him to say, I have class. I'm not going to talk trash about what happened. Very clear. Very by the book. Very black and white. And yet somehow you're taking the opposite of that. It's the same world I live in where you say no offense, but, and then you proceed to offend the heck out of the person. Correct. I know. I see. see, Now I agree with that. No offense, but, and then you offend someone. I called him to say, I have class. I'm not going to talk trash. And then I did not talk trash. That's why that analogy does not apply. Well, no, because somebody would say, well, but I clearly stated no offense. So if I clearly state no offense, then you shouldn't be taking offense to it. That's essentially what you're saying. I clearly stated I'm not talking trash while proceeding to talk trash. But I didn't talk trash. But you were pointing out to Chris Canty that his beloved Virginia Cavaliers got beat in an well, He had to understand the yesterday. context. He had to understand the context of what I was coming from. I can't just reach out and be like, hey, Canty, I'm just texting you to tell you I have class. That's absurd. No one would understand. <laughs> don't reach out, period. I, I reach That's out to tell him move. I have- The classy no, move is to let it ride. He's my boy. I wanted to let him know, you know, I, I saw your, your Cavaliers went down. I'm not going to talk trash. Mm-hmm. And then that was the end of the exchange. Well, we did move on to talk about how Carlin is classless. But that's not a discussion for now because we all kind of agree on that. So, you know, yeah, you that's not say, needed for jury duty. You did seem to find common ground on Chris Carlin's portion of this conversation. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So that was one of the big upsets yesterday. By the time we got on air yesterday, we had multiple big upsets. Today has been a very different story in March Madness. The favorites right now, seven and one straight up. They are six and two against the spread. A lot less action today. Pittsburgh beat Iowa State. This was the one big upset so far of the day. Pittsburgh over Iowa State, 59 to 41. That is an 11 seed over a six seed. Here is what it sounded like on Westwood One NCAA Radio Network. Credit Pitt got a great start to this game, led by a score of 22-2. to Iowa State battled back, made it close. But the horn sounds, and the Pitt Panthers, the 11 seed in the Midwest Regional, have advanced to round number two here in Greensboro, North Carolina. Now that call was not nearly as exciting as the calls yesterday, in part because Pittsburgh dominated that game. Frankly, that one wasn't even close. So today has just had a lot less juice to it overall. It has felt like, Joe. Uh, that Pittsburgh-Iowa State game set basketball back about 45 years. Dr. James Naismith would be appalled at what happened in that game. Pittsburgh, how do you win by 18 points, shooting 34% from the field, 31% from deep, and committing 
15 turnovers. They were horrible, absolutely <laughs> horrible, and yet they win by 18 because Iowa Don't State shot 14 of 60. Now imagine this. Iowa State got 19 more shots up than Pitt and lost by 18 points. They were 2 of 21 from 3. That's 9%. 9%. I don't even know what to make of this game. This is why, and people get mad when I say this, March Madness, a tad, calm down before you go nuts, a tad overrated. Because the thrill of this is lots of sports on days where we have work so we can kind of not work. But the reality is the product can be lousy at times. And today, in that game specifically, quite lousy. So you have in action right now FDU and Purdue. Purdue is a one seed. It's very early in that one. We will keep you updated on that game. Again, 6-2 and two against the spread today for these favorites. Who was the other upset against the spread? It was Xavier Pitt, did not cover against Kennesaw. Kennesaw State had them in the first half, put Xavier on the ropes. I'd like to point out that I bet on Kennesaw and I won. And people will say, here we go, banging his chest. I want to make it clear I won that bet because I lost just about every other bet I made today. So I think I'm sitting somewhere <laughs> on a casual one and six to open the day. Uh, we're going to be in chase mode tonight, Miss Wilson. Chase you, mode indeed. You loved the underdogs today. It has not oh, worked out for oh. you so far. Xavier beat Kennesaw State 72-67. to 67. So the favorite one, a much closer game, though, than was expected. Tonight, we move forward to action. Drake, Miami. Does that game interest you, Joe? This game's going to be awesome. Miami coming out of the ACC. They won the regular season conference title. They're a very good basketball team. Their star player, Norshad Omir, he was banged up in the ACC tournament. He rolled an ankle. He's going to try to go tonight. That's the key to this game. Drake's coming in red hot. Everybody loves the Drake. Winners of 13 of their last 14. Top 53-point team. Top 20 free throw team. Lots of veteran experience. That's going to be a great matchup. You've also got Memphis and Florida Atlantic. I want you to pay very close attention to this game. It could be the best game of the opening round. Two teams coming in hot. Two teams with crazy athleticism. Two teams that are capable, whoever wins this game, of going and giving Purdue a major problem in the next round. So I think those are two. That's an interesting matchup. Kent State against Indiana tonight. Do not sleep on Kent State. It's coming from the guy who's been betting underdogs all day and losing, so keep that in mind. <laughs> TCU, Arizona State, sneaky good tonight. The one that people will probably just check out on is Kansas State, Montana State. Montana State was a nine-point dog. That dropped all the way to seven and a half. It's been a lot of sharp money early and often on Montana State. I think they might give Kansas State a run, so keep that in mind as you're watching this evening slate unfold. So not a lot of madness so far today, but we will keep you updated on the madness tonight. You mentioned there Purdue in the next round. That's if Purdue makes it to the next round right now. Uh, fairly Dickinson over Purdue, 19-13, but 10-15 left in the first in that game. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, the Panthers traded for the number one overall pick in this year's NFL draft, but who are they going to take with that pick? We will talk about it next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to us on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. 
Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I think we all thought we knew which direction the number one pick is going, but it seems like we are far from knowing. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you ever have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. We will get into the latest with that number one pick in the NFL draft. But first, Joe's got some action for you. Do better tonight, Joe. Let's see how this goes. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. You sound so confident already. Just go the other way with these. All right. Let's not overthink it here. Um, all right. Some accounting. It's not this total includes two nights ago because I gave out some games for yesterday that were played right around the time we were on air. Either way, it doesn't matter. Two and five minus three and a half units. Disgusting display of betting. Uh, season long, 46 and 49. So we're sub 500, but we're still profitable plus 5.7 units. But it's getting close. So that being said, as disastrous as all this has been, let's go back to the well. Drake, plus two and a half over Miami. This game tips in like 10 minutes. And I want to make it clear that it's time for the Boost Mobile Tournament Preview, which is the Drake Bulldogs plus two and a half. Now, I'm not a big believer in the ACC as a whole. Yes, Duke won. More on them later. But Virginia got beat in an upset. I think they're overrated. Miami's banged up. Drake is red hot. They've won 13 of 14. They've got four starters who are fifth-year guys. They can shoot the three. They can knock down their free throws. I think they give Miami a hell of a run. I think they win the game outright. So pizza money number one, Drake plus two and a half over Miami. Switch to Boost Mobile for the power to save on one of America's largest 5G networks. Breaking news, the Panthers have decided to move up to take the number one spot. Everybody's trying to figure out exactly what Carolina do. I think C.J. Stroud is probably the favorite right now, at least around the league. So, of course, the Carolina Panthers now are choosing number one because the Chicago Bears traded that number one pick away for a whole slew of draft picks. I think a very good move by the Chicago Bears. The Panthers, we assumed, knew who their guy was, and that's why they were trading up to number one because it's kind of unimaginable that you would trade all that draft capital away unless you were so sold on one dude and you had to be number one. But what's interesting is something that Adam Schefter said today where he implied that they might not be so sold on who exactly they're picking with number one, and they might be leaning a direction that none of us had anticipated. Do we have that Adam Schefter sound, James? We do. 
I think I need to give you a minute to get it. So Adam Schefter says that Carolina may be leaning towards Bryce Young. And what's interesting about that is Bryce Young on most people's draft boards is the second, third quarterback. Some people have him as fourth quarterback because of the size issues. But just because Shefty says that they leaning that they're leaning towards Bryce Young right now doesn't necessarily mean they end up with Bryce Young. Here is Adam Schefter. I think that Bryce Young is the favorite to become the number one overall pick, and they will really? go in with an open. Really? Let me say it this way. I think Bryce Young is to the Panthers what Mac Jones was to the 49ers Ooh. when they traded up. They Ooh. traded up with the idea that they really liked Mac Jones, and then they went through the process and wound up on Trey Lance. I think in this particular case, this team moved up with the idea that Bryce Young was a guy that they loved. They also really like C.J. Stroud. He's definitely got support in the organization, and we'll see what transpires during the course of evaluations. But I think at the beginning of the process, it starts out with Bryce Young as the favorite. I have no idea if that worked out for the 49ers because I have no idea if Trey Lance is any good. I frankly don't really know if Mac Jones is any good. Maybe neither of those options were any good for the San Francisco 49ers. But I was surprised to hear that that might be what the Carolina Panthers are doing here. First, I was surprised to hear it's Bryce Young. And then second, I was surprised to hear that maybe they're not totally sold on whomever it is. So I can understand why you would move up if you at least loved somebody, right? Like if the thought process here is we really like Bryce Young, but he still might not be the pick. We got to do some more work on Anthony Richardson, the prospect out of Florida. We want to talk to CJ Stroud a little bit more, but we've got to move up now because it's going to get more expensive. I can understand that because you need to have at least one guy you love. If you're moving up and you have no clue, that's when it's a disaster. So the idea of having one and then resetting at the top That makes some sense to me. Now, having said all that, the betting markets do not agree with Adam Schefter at all. After this trade was made, C.J. Stroud went from being the second favorite to be the first overall pick to the overwhelming favorite. Young was your favorite. He was around minus 110, risk $110 to win 100. Stroud went from somewhere around plus 130 to minus 225, which is where he sits now. That means you got to risk 225 bucks to win 100. He's a pretty sizable favorite for it. And the big thing that has sold people on Stroud is that game against Georgia, that national Mm -hmm. semifinal. Because Stroud had a lot of question marks, and he went against the best defense in the nation, and he completed 23 of 34 passes, 348 yards, Four touchdowns, no picks. He was an absolute beast in that game against the pro defense. And I think that changed the opinion of some and vaulted him up the board. So while Schefter says that Young is the favorite and that it could change, Vegas and the sharp sports bettors are telling you differently. Stroud's the favorite, and as of now, no thoughts that it's going to change. It's interesting because I mentioned the draft boards. I mean, a lot of people even have Anthony Richardson ahead of Bryce Young. Some people even have Will Levis ahead of Bryce Young. And really, there's two reasons that everybody seems to be feeling more comfortable with C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young. That game you just mentioned where nobody did more for themselves in a loss than C.J. Stroud did. And it's because of the team that he did it in a loss against and on the stage that he did it in a loss. Even though it was a loss, it didn't matter because it didn't feel like at all it was his fault. It felt like he did everything he could to try to win that game. And then also the size differential between these two. Bryce Young is 5'10 on a good day, 204 pounds as listed. C.J. Stroud is 6'3 and listed at 218. 
And a lot of people are very concerned about these undersized quarterbacks because when was the last time that we saw an undersized quarterback pan out in the NFL? I mean, even the ones that did pan out, the Russell Wilsons of the world, like right now, a little bit of a difficult year to have that conversation. And he wasn't the first overall pick. Him and Breeze, you could take a shot on him later in the draft. That's true. And obviously, you know, Breeze feels like almost a different era at this point. But when did the Baker Mayfields of the world work out? And we just haven't seen it. And I think that's the huge concern here. I know I wouldn't take Bryce Young. And maybe it's not fair. I wouldn't. If I was a general manager, I'd be running from that size. He, there's a lot. See, Orlovsky makes some really great points on Young. He's very smart. He's makes he, he's made a lot of plays late in tight Does games. Does Orlovsky not like any? Like, is there a quarterback? I mean, I don't, I don't mean to call Dan out a little. But is there a quarterback that Orlovsky is not high on? Is there one? Dan, just so you know, that's Amber. That's not your boy. Your boy is, is very much in line with what you like to say about things. I got your back outside Hold of anything. On. You're food not in or line with what he you might be in line with what he has to say about football. You are not in line with the other things that Dan Orlovsky has opinions on. Nobody on planet Earth is. Like Dan's I don't own mother make it a can't habit. possibly agree with him on some of his food takes. I don't make it a habit of walking around ESPN burning my coworkers to the ground. I was very nice to Chris Canty yesterday. I'm trying to be nice to Orlovsky now. You're the one getting all worked up, throwing people under the bus. And you know, I got your back too. This Despite the fact that I disagree with you, I have your back. You took a flamethrower to Chris Carlin yesterday. Carlin doesn't count. He 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 had that coming. <laughs> he had, he may have had that coming. There had to be some it to bring on the head coach of Furman on the show that Chris Canty is on as a graduate of Virginia is just dirty. It is hilarious and it is very hilarious. well played, but it is also dirty. You're so what do you what do you think ends up happening here? Do you think it's Stroud? Because the thing is. And I've learned this over the years. You don't make money betting against Adam Schefter, right? right. You don't. You, it's not going to work out for you if you're in the business of saying, you know what? I think Schefter's got this one wrong. He's pretty plugged in. So he's telling you Young's the favorite. But the fact that he throws that caveat in there, that it could be a situation where the process could change, that they're not locked into the guy fascinating to me i wonder how much of it could involve anthony richardson getting to see him more because it seems like people are enamored with his athleticism oh my goodness if anthony richardson becomes the number one overall pick i mean the, boy. the the head of all gators fans will just it will collectively explode uh, it's it's amazing it's remarkable and i'm a gators fan like i would be excited for him if he got it's just remarkable though when you watched him for an entire season game and in game out and not just on TikTok uh, with the, right. the highlights <laughs> that have been edited together because that's kind of a whole different thing. I w- I still, gosh, I have a hard time believing it's Bryce Young, but like you said, if Shefty's saying it, I mean, it's lion season, but why? Why would the Panthers need to lie? What, what would be the advantage of the Panthers lying or the Panthers feeding information to Adam Schefter that suggests that we could change our minds. Like, I don't like, what is the strategy that you're, you're number one that what is the strategy? Who are you speak, trying to fake speak out Speak softly and carry a big stick, right? Like whatever it is, you don't need to tell anybody. You don't need to help out anyone behind you. You don't need to announce to the world. You're taking Stroud so that it helps another team move up to a spot to get who they like. Just stay quiet. That's, that's the rule at the poker table, in my opinion. And that's the rule when it comes to the NFL draft, stay quiet, running your mouth can't possibly help you. But yet, somehow these insiders always seem to find these things out. So interesting development that it may, in fact, be Bryce Young. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, what is the Bears offense going to look like next season? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. It is time here on Joe and Amber to sound on, sound off. Let's get to it. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. We just talked a little bit about the Panther side of the trade for the number one overall pick. On the Bears side, they got a haul coming back to them, including wide receiver DJ Moore. Moore was asked about getting a fresh start in Chicago. In this business, you always got to think about that 1%, and that 1% happened last Friday. So it was like, all right, cool. It's the business side of things. Going to Chicago, going to make the most of it, going to have some fun, get some wins, and that's how I was thinking. Is there some upside to the stability with having him here at quarterback for you, given what a mess quarterback was in Carolina? (laughs) I wouldn't call that a mess, but come to a better situation with a stable quarterback, the sky's the limit from there um, in consistency. James Steele, welcome in. Hello. Uh, so DJ Moore says the sky is the limit for this Chicago offense. Joe, uh, what do you think we should expect from the new the Bears' new look offense next season? Oh, next season. It's an interesting qualifier there because it depends on how much time you get with the sky's the limit. I think next year for the Bears, it's a step forward. I know that's a boring take. There's not a lot of excitement there, but they were pretty lousy last season. They didn't have a lot at wide receiver. They made the cha- trade midway through the season for Chase Claypool from Pittsburgh. He ends up getting hurt. Justin Fields took a beating back there last year. So this team is the true definition of a rebuild going back to last year, but they're taking steps in the right direction. They need to build the trenches, offensive line, defensive line, and they need help in the secondary. I love the fact that they're getting Fields weapons because with these young quarterbacks, you get to this stage where you have to pick up the fifth-year option, and then you got to think about franchising them. Well, when you get to that point, you got to know what you have. Does Miami know what they have in Tua? Did Buffalo know what they have in Josh Allen? Does New England know what they have in Mac Jones? Some teams, yes. Some teams, no. And for the Bears, give the guy the weapons. Give the guy the protection he needs so he can show you what he's about. And at that point, you can make the proper evaluation, which is going to be the smart long-term move for your financial future. Yeah, they ripped this thing down to the studs. So they're building it back up. It ain't going to be built this upcoming season. Nevertheless, I really like this move bringing in DJ Moore. I thought that was really smart of the Bears to do and get in return for that number one overall pick where it's not just picks that you're getting, but it's also a young receiver, 25 years old and more, a guy who had 63 receptions, 888 yards last season for the Panthers, seven touchdowns, but you heard it there in that question, just a rotating carousel and a messes of a situation at quarterback. So I like this pairing for DJ Moore. I like this pairing for Justin Fields. I think it's a step forward. It's just a step forward, but I think that a step forward could feel like a pretty large leap because of where, frankly, this team was last season if Justin Fields can stay healthy. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. The Dolphins have made a couple of big moves this offseason, probably none bigger than trading for cornerback Jalen Ramsey. How good will this Miami defense be next season? Here is what Jalen Ramsey had to say. On paper, you know, this is the best group that I've been a part of, and I, I feel like I've been a part of some good groups, you know, in Jacksonville and also in L.A. But on paper, I feel like this is the best one. We have a good secondary on paper, if you look at it, but we'll be straight. We go, we're going to put the work in. It's the NFL, so it's any given Sunday. It's week by week. 
I think we'll be good though. They played well in the division already without me. So you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to come in here and and just add to that. Amber, how excited are you about the moves that the Dolphins have made so far this offseason? I mean, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it as a Dolphins fan. I feel like that this was a great move to bring in a guy who is an all-pro corner to pair him with another all-pro corner. Xavier Howard had a bit of a down season last season. I do think that that could be an anomaly. Also, I think that this provides quarterbacks with such a headache now because now no matter what side of the ball or the field that you throw the ball to, you're going to have an all-pro corner on that side of the field. Javon Holland, a very young safety who is up and coming, who has been great for the Dolphins so far. He's only 23 years old. Like This defense has weapons. And oh, by the way, Vic Fangio is a defensive coordinator. I think that's going to be a huge upgrade for a defense that underperformed last Last season, a defense that was much better the season before when Brian Flores, which obviously a defensive head coach there, was there as the head coach. So I do feel like that this defense was going to take a massive step forward this next season. It's it's very exciting. A very exciting time, Joe, to be a Dolphins fan. I'd be even more excited if it didn't seem like Aaron Rodgers was about to end up in my division. I'd like to go on the record that for all the Kansas City Chief conversation that James works in this show, he works in just as much Miami Dolphin conversation. I I appreciate you, James. You two and your local affinities just... mm. We hardly ever talk about your Philadelphia Eagles. Just snooze fest over there, only making it it to a Super Bowl. That's a story you talk about. It's a Super Bowl team. Some of these... (laughs) You told me not to talk about my Super Bowl team. I don't know what you're talking about. It's in every show. Um... But yeah, I mean, how can it not be? They are the best in the business. All right, so to Amber's point, I'd love to try to pick apart some of this and make a case that Miami shouldn't be good. It really just comes down to the health of Tua. Like, they've gone out this offseason, and they've made the free agent moves you don't need me to discuss. They also brought in Bradley Chubb last year, midway through the season, in the trade with Denver. This is a team that only racked up 14 takeaways last year that was tied for second fewest in the NFL. There's no metric that determines wins and losses more than turnovers. The more turnovers you're able to force, the better your turnover differential, the more games theoretically you should win. Dolphins didn't force a lot of turnovers last year. With Jalen Ramsey in the fold with a better pass rush, they're going to force more turnovers. That's going to lead to more wins. They also only racked up or recorded, I think, the 14th most sacks in the NFL, which is about league average. They're going to improve in those two categories, and they're going to be better as a result. It's going to help the offense out. It's got a coach in Tua, or, uh, Mike McDaniel who's entering his second year coming off a rookie season. They're going to be good. I mean, plus 360 to win the division. That's the team that's got some value. Not Buffalo, not the Jets. It's the Dolphins that have value if you're looking for a bet. Despite the inevitable talk around him going to join another superstar in another city to try to win a title every offseason, Damian Lillard is still a Portland trailblazer. And he recently told J.J. Redick on the Old Man and the Three podcast that he's sick of all the talk about ring chasing. The NBA I play in now is not the NBA that I came into. And I expect it to evolve. Everything is, is constantly changing. But I feel like I play for the love of the game. Like I want to, I want the competition. I want to know what it feels like to win. I want to see my teammates do well. I want to see my teammates get paid. I enjoy the, uh, the bonding part of it. Like we spend more time with each other than anybody, but now it's like that don't count. Regular season don't count. Get a ring. You know what I'm saying? Like who this guy's the MVP. This guy did this. 
he the first, it's like, bro, what, like, what is this stuff? Like, what is this? You know what I'm saying? Like, they was asking me about Dame, but like, to win a ring, and, and I'm like, bro, I don't need to prove to y'all that I want to win a ring. Why the hell do I play? Like, I don't need to prove that to y'all, but we can't keep acting like nothing matters. Like, the rest of the stuff, the journey doesn't matter. We can't keep doing that. He just took a flamethrower to everything that we do here at ESPN Radio. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Dame. Like, like Dame, do you not understand how sports radio works, buddy? Yeah, and he did it on a podcast. Uh, so, Joe, Ironic. Yeah. So, Joe, do we put too much emphasis on winning titles nowadays, not just in the NBA, but in sports in general? I don't know if it's too much. I think specifically with the NBA is where you want to have the conversation because it's a vicious circle. All right, on one hand, it's, it all comes back to one thing. Everything's determined by one thing with the NBA, and it's the LeBron versus MJ debate. Right. The fact that people cannot get over LeBron possibly being better than Jordan strictly because he doesn't have enough rings tells you that rings are the most important criteria when determining one's greatness and or legacy. As a result, players hear this. So players want to have their legacy secured. They want to go out and win rings. So winning rings becomes the number one priority for everyone involved. And then as a result, we continue to talk about it. And, oh, we don't like player movement. We don't like all this these guys who don't like their team. So they quit on their team and they want to go somewhere else. Well, yeah, they want to win rings. If the situation is not good, they want to go somewhere where it is good so they can win a ring. Because if they don't win a ring, we're going to bash them on radio and TV and it just keeps moving. So I, I think Dame has an excellent point. It all comes back to Jordan versus LeBron. That has been simultaneously the best and worst of sports talk over the last decade. It is very stupid when we have these conversations about Jordan and LeBron. When we argue whether winning four out of ten, making it to ten NBA finals is more impressive than six out of six than winning six of the six that you've appeared in, right? Like that's what the argument always comes down to with LeBron and MJ. And frankly, it's a silly argument because we're doing it across eras and we're doing it with two very different players. If we're doing it with Damian Lillard, though, it gets a little less silly, I would say, right? I mean, it's silly when we're talking about the greatest of all time and we're measuring championships when those guys have a bunch of them. It's kind of a different story when you don't even have one and you've never gotten close to one, and it's because of where you played, even though we think that you are so great. Like, I feel like what Damian Lillard is doing there is taking offense to something that we all attribute to him, the conversation of the ring chasing, because we want him to go chase a ring because we want to see his back basketball at the highest level it's a compliment to Damian Lillard that we want him to go chase a ring that we want him to go win a ring we want to see him on the greatest teams doing it in the greatest ways it's not to diminish his accomplishments it's because we think he's so great that we think he's better than Portland like that's basically what it boils down to pretty well said it's well said because you know what I think he when you talk about likability in the NBA who, who doesn't like Damian Lillard like who has the anti-Damian Lillard take right Nobody. excuse me he he he's an all-timer like the dude Dame time I mean he's been to the conference finals he just ran into the juggernaut Warriors what do you want him to do I mean no one's getting past that Chris Paul and James Harden couldn't get past that nobody got past that in the West he'd get past it though if he well he wouldn't first of all have to get past it necessarily but also he'd be able to get over the hump you would feel like if he was on a slightly different team in a different market with some more around him than he's had there coming up next one of our NFL analysts says that there's a surprise team that could be in on Lamar Jackson. We're going to get into it. ESPN Radio also is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Two 
here keeping an eye on the NCAA action for you. Fairleigh Dickinson is up right now on Purdue. They were up early. Well, they stayed up the entire first half, Joe, on Purdue, 32-31. So a very close game. But Purdue was a one seed, and FD is a 16 seed. I have no idea. People actually call them FD, but I'm going to. Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing, but maybe like you can. Thing. Like if maybe you, you go there, it it's like it's like yo FD, you know. It feels feels like, <laughs> like I go to FD, like that. That's probably like the cool what the cool kids do. No, you probably know. have another twenty minutes of basketball where you can try to get that to take off before they'll come back. We saw this in the Houston game yesterday. Houston, another number one seed, struggling all the way up until half, and then kind of turned it on in the second half. That's happened a lot today, believe it or not. I believe Montana State, Kennesaw State, UC Santa Barbara. All big dogs that were competing. Montana State hasn't played yet. There was another one. But those two, UCSB, the Gauchos, and um, Kennesaw State, they were in it. They were leading at half, I believe, and then they just got trucked in the second half. So we'll see what happens here. Shockingly, the irony of this is that Fairleigh Dickinson is the shortest basketball team in the dance, facing the college basketball player of the year in Zach Eady, who's like 9 feet, 10 inches tall. So mm, it's kind of odd that that little discrepancy is leading to a fairly Dickinson lead. They're not doing anything all that great. They're shooting 41% from the floor, 36% from deep. It's just Purdue really can't hit their shots. They don't look good at all. If they get hot in the second half, though, they'll obviously win this game. They go by the FDU Knights up on Purdue by one point. We'll see if this holds up here. Uh, right now, Kentucky is up on Providence by one point. 4.30 left in the first half of that game, so a very close one there for Kentucky. Gonzaga up early, 10-6 over Grand Canyon. We will keep you up to date on all the NCAA action as it progresses here. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But let's do what we do best. Well, maybe not what we do best because Joe hasn't had a very good day in terms of action Let's right. see if he can write the ship. Let's earn you a little bit of money if we can. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Not sure if that type of commentary is going to be what puts me back to my winning ways, but nevertheless, the show goes on. Joe liked a lot of the underdogs today. It has Oof. not been a day for the underdogs today. Six and two against the spread. Seven and one straight up we will see if the day turns around that's this. enough of your updates <clears throat> that's enough i think I you've updated quite a bit you, enough i on saw this you shuffling for the paper yeah there, i had so no I knew, idea where it was i knew you had no idea stall, where, where your pizza stall more was. positively though that's true you could stall by hyping me yeah, up but nevertheless she deserves the she deserves the credit the stall was huge i had no idea where the papers were uh we're going back to the dogs kent state the golden flashes plus four and a half tonight against Indiana. Hoosiers limping into the dance. Four and four over their last eight games. They are a below average free throw shooting team. Here comes Kent State. These guys are no joke. They've won 23 of their last 26 games. They've got a top 40 defense. They're great with turnovers. They force a lot. They don't commit many. They played two big games this year on the road. They went to Houston, lost by five, went to Gonzaga, lost by seven. All right, they didn't win either, but they held their own in big road spots. This is a neutral. They're catching four and a half against Indiana, who's not as good as Gonzaga or Houston, in my opinion. Pizza money number two, Kent State, plus four and a half over the Hoosiers. Breaking news from ESPN's Adam Schefter. The Ravens have placed the non-exclusive tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson. This is more than just about money. The relationship between the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson isn't a relationship that is in a good place. 
So things have been very quiet on the Lamar Jackson front. As of 4 p.m. on Wednesday, teams could have spoken to Lamar Jackson, offered him up an offer sheet, and Baltimore would have had to match it. That hasn't happened yet. And I don't know if those discussions have even happened yet because we have no way of knowing much about the Lamar Jackson situation when he isn't represented by an agent. Seems to be Things seem to be held pretty close to the vest. Our very own Rob Ninkovich, though, ESPN's NFL analyst, was on Get Up, and he had an interesting idea about a team that might get in on the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. If you're the Patriots and you go and you make an attempt to get Lamar, that changes everything, absolutely everything. And listen... I am a huge fan of just Lamar's style of game and what it puts on a defense to stresses. And there's needs and wants, okay? A need is necessary for life. A want, it helps helps your quality of life. I don't need Lamar here, but I sure as heck want to see Lamar running around with a with a New England Patriot on his helmet. Because if I if you see it out there, the Patriots instantly, instantly become division favorites, and to me, get right back into that Super Bowl hunt. So the New England Patriots have a quarterback, Joe. His name is Mac Jones. Sounds like Nink wants them to move on. I like the take from Nink. I like the idea of New England being somewhat relevant again. I'm not rooting for them to win Super Bowls, but they've just been boring. They've been such a boring team the last couple of years, and they're really dragging down that division now that everyone's stacking up. I don't know how this happens, though. So New England's going to go out and they're going to put a big offer together for Jackson. And then the Ravens are going to say, yeah, we're not going to match it. And they're going to let Lamar Jackson go to New England. Right. That just seems like it would be a killer. Like, how do you explain that to your fan base? So then knowing that, New England would have to make an incredible offer for Baltimore to say no. But in that sense, do you want to be that financially tied to the situation, knowing that, again, there are some health concerns and whatnot? So I don't know. I think that's why this exclusive tag never really gets anything done from another team's perspective. It's just an added element of chicken that you have to factor in these these additional elements to the other team, matching the offer, the compensation. So I'd like to see it, but I don't think it's going down. I mean, is two first-round picks enough for you to allow him to go inside the conference? I mean, to another team and to that team with burrow and allen and everyone else all those right. guys in the division you can't you can't let them and go then you're in the gonna let them go there and then and, the, and we're talking about a young quarterback like don't forget when you and i went through the history of the five quarterbacks that had gone with the non-exclusive tag that had been tagged on the non-exclusive tag in nfl history which were steve young uh, jim harbaugh drew Brees, matt castle and kirk cousins did you remember Not that off sing- the top of your head I oh, yeah duh uh, no I had Jeez. the sheet in front of me uh, oh, okay they, still good don't forget out of all five of those uh, none of them were under the age of thirty so what's interesting about this is if Baltimore let him go inside the conference like you're talking a quarterback that's going to be there like yes the Ravens wouldn't be good initially you're talking about a quarterback who's going to be there making your life hell for at least the next ten years at least. He's 26 years old. I mean, he might be there for the next, you know, 14 years, making your life difficult. The only quarterback that we've ever seen actually move on the non-exclusive is Matt Castle. Very different situation, by the way, speaking of New England. (laughs) Speaking of the Matt Castle thing, one great season when Brady went down and he got paid and never. James, you remember this. Do you want to talk about your Chiefs for a little bit? Yeah, I mean those were those weren't very good days. I don't really need to talk <laughs> oh, nobody about feels Matt Castle bad for you, fumbling James. on the cares. goal line like twelve <laughs> Zero times that one season. For you. 
They Zero. were four and twelve uh, his last year there. It, it was not great. good. It wasn't yeah. great at all. That was a bad deal. But you know what? The Patrick Mahomes gods have made it up to you. That is for darn sure. Coming up next here enough. on Joe and Amber, one of our NFL analysts says that there's a surprise team. That's the same tease as last time. You know what? We're going to figure out something else to talk about next. ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast.